welcome to another edition of What's in the Cup. You know, we uh, another beautiful Friday. Uh, hard to believe that we had to go through a really kind of nasty week to get to a beautiful Friday. We had lots of rain this week. But we're here at the uh, campus of Georgia Southwestern talking about uh, all the great things happening at Georgia Southwestern. I'm Neil Weaver and uh, excited this week to have uh, two, uh, one returning a visitor with us, Jonathan Hobbs is back taking over the uh, producer duties. Bob had to be out for uh, this afternoon, but uh, always glad to have Jonathan step in and we appreciate the help. And I'm glad to welcome Dr. Shannon Perry, the Director of Online Learning to uh, to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, you are uh, in charge of online learning for the College of Business and uh, Computing and you work with E Major. Right. Right. So we've got uh, a big part of what happens here at Georgia Southwestern is online uh, education. Any idea how many total students we have in the online only world? As of this semester, we have about 450, 460 uh, so majors. Yeah, every every semester we've seen growth. So we're hoping for five in the fall. That's really great. Very good program, a lot of, lot of support for the university. And when you throw on top of that the MBA program and, and some of our other online programs, uh, the number gets close uh, up to almost 700 of our uh, 3,000 students are in the online world. And so uh, I'm excited to have a little conversation today about what that means, not only for the students, uh, but for our faculty and, and uh, some of the differences that uh, are involved with teaching and learning in that environment. So Shannon, we appreciate you being here today. And uh, as always, we'd like to get started with some discussion about enrollment. That is a critical factor. And uh, today was accepted student day on campus. So we had uh, around 30 students on campus today with their parents. Uh, this is kind of a, a small version of preview day or, or maybe maybe more of a, a smaller version of storm day. Not quite ready to register for classes yet, but they're here getting their uh, housing signed up for, getting all their paperwork finished, uh, making sure that they are ready to go. And so they were obviously a very excited and anxious group of students. It was a lot of fun to visit with them. And uh, really, I thought a nice addition to our recruiting efforts to be able to add this uh, accepted student day so the, the you know if you think about it right now our applications are up 45 percent over last year and last year's applications were up about 50 percent from the year before so we're really starting to see a, a real positive increase there the number of accepted students is up 26 percent from last year uh, and again last year's accepted students uh, numbers were up uh, pretty significantly in the in the 15 to 20 percent range and so um, these kind of activities like the accepted student uh, day are, are really designed to keep moving those students further and further along the process as we know students can apply to multiple colleges they can be accepted by multiple colleges and universities and um, until they show up and uh, sleep in our bed and sit in our desks and eating our cafeteria, they're not really here yet. So it's nice to see uh, the work that goes into it. It's nice to see these students coming up and uh, taking care of their uh, responsibilities. And uh, we're excited about the numbers that we're seeing. Wanna encourage everyone to continue 
uh, all that work that goes into recruiting students to Georgia Southwestern. And uh, Shannon and I, earlier this week, we were up at Gordon State University, Gordon State College uh, in Barnesville. Had you right. ever been to Barnesville before? Never, no. I had not been to, I had been to Barnesville. I didn't know you got there through Yatesville. <laughs> Never been to Yatesville either. So. Never heard of Yatesville, I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> uh, you know, when, when uh, I go places in today's world, right, we turn on the phone and I tell it where I'm going. And there are times when I wonder, is it, does it really know where I'm going? And uh, I ended up in Yatesville, which is about 10 miles south of Barnesville. But lovely town. Both of them are lovely. And uh, Barnesville was a nice place. We were on the campus of Gordon State, and we were there for a really exciting uh, partnership announcement that uh, I know that the folks over in College of Business have been working on. But students at Gordon State, uh, which uh, is a uh, state college, so they offer a majority of their programs or associate degree programs, but they do have a few bachelor's degree programs, and they have one in business uh, management. And so we signed an agreement that if their students uh, complete their business management degree and maintain a, an appropriate grade point average, uh, that they will uh, be accepted into our MBA program uh, without any of the prerequisites and uh, without any of the, uh, I guess, the GRE and all those kind of things. And so this really provides a really nice pathway for those students to be able to continue their education and uh, as we know, uh, as we saw, Gordon State's very similar to us institutionally. Right. And, uh, I thought their campus was really pretty, and, uh, but they focus on small class sizes, personal attention, uh, providing the support students need. And so I thought it was a pretty good partnership. I did too. And in speaking with them about their online courses, they have similar ideas about how they want to run their program. So I think it's going to be a great fit for the students in their online program to navigate to our online MBA because they're going to be in similar courses and course designs. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it as well. I know Dr. Bishop is proud of it. Certainly, Carol's been working very hard to get that uh, agreement in place. And uh, she was with us uh, along with uh, Gaynor Chokas and, and uh, Suzanne Smith, our provost. And so we had a nice uh, day with them and, and got to get to know them even better. And they, I, I agree, I think they're really excited about uh, the opportunity it provides for them to recruit students, knowing that they have a pathway uh, to continue on. And, you know, they serve similar students to us in that they come from rural communities, they're right. outside the Atlanta area. And when they complete that degree, some of their options for an MBA are Georgia State, which is downtown Atlanta, giant 60,000 student school, uh, Kennesaw State. You know, they, they don't really have a, a good option that feels like them. And so we felt like uh, it was a good partnership. So very excited about that. We hope that it continues to help us grow our uh, MBA program, particularly in that online format. Uh, it allows them to do that without traveling down here. They can stay uh, employed or, or in their communities and, and do that as well. So um, very excited about that. We appreciate you going in the rain on, uh, what was that, Wednesday we went It was, there it was Wednesday. And, I think uh, the hardest day it rained so far. I think so too. <laughs> it was it, it was co coming down pretty good, and uh, the best part of the whole trip was we went up there to sign the document, obviously take a bunch of pictures, and and uh, get a lot of good publicity. And we got back, and Thursday morning we got a call from Gordon State, and the uh, 
camera, the, the SIM card or whatever, the card that they use now on these digital cameras uh, apparently had a uh, problem and so there are no pictures. So we braved the rain and the treacherous drive and didn't have a, don't have any pictures to show for it. So. No, but that's probably for the best. <laughs> Considering we were the humidity, yes. <laughs> we were looking a little soggy that yes. day. So maybe we can set up another opportunity uh, to take some pictures with them and we'll all look a little bit better. But uh, it, was, it was still a, a very nice, uh, exciting day. And so, so there are, there we continue to see things happening for the, on the enrollment side uh, to try and get uh, more and more students to see Georgia Southwestern as a great option and we try to continue to build these partnerships through uh, articulation agreements and and these uh, types of agreements to uh, let students know that uh, this shouldn't be a difficult process they can uh, make decisions when they're absolutely still in high school about you know where they start taking their dual enrollment which leads to an associate's degree which might lead to the long-term care management degree here or that you know the, in this case can go on to the MBA so uh, the more we can put those pathways in front of people and let them know that they can they can do this uh, certainly it makes it easier for them and a lot of talk about pathways in general uh, in our academic programs about identifying ways for students to identify which courses they need to take so that they can not get stumbled on right. some of those uh, not knowing exactly where to go. So right. uh, this is certainly a good thing. Uh, We're currently working on those agreements with the technical schools. Yeah. Um, we have a meeting, the first meeting next week with Oconee Fall Line in Dublin to get that process started. If we can kind of come up with a template, then we can take it to the other schools. And I know that uh, Ogeechee Tech in Statesboro is next on our list. They're wanting to meet with us. So we're hoping that if we could develop something, a generic template that we could put in all the tech schools, it would help those students Absolutely. transfer because uh, we get quite a few transfers from uh, Albany Tech and, and so forth. And they a little bit of guidance on some of the courses they take before they come with saves some unnecessary credits that yeah. you know they could have taken a, a different course saves them money and frustration correct right? i mean because anytime you take a course and then somebody tells you later it doesn't correct. count it's just uh, it's kind of correct. frustrating so i think it's just communication on both sides yeah what about uh perimeter are we uh, i know we were working on a, on a deal to get the uh, bachelor of business administration degree online uh set mm -hmm. up so that those st students coming out of perimeter could uh, move into that we? right where we've had that option for many years but when the merger took place between Georgia State and Georgia Perimeter it kind of cut off our base for the online students but Georgia State doesn't offer the online program right. so we're able to we've talked with them and we're able to market back to those students That's good. so we have in Atlanta the MARTA buses with our uh, logos and in the MARTA station that we're uh, really trying to target those Georgia state students now that are really perimeter, perimeter transfers right. right to we don't we're not infiltrating their on-campus base yeah. the online base only to let them know that we're still here yeah. and so we're seeing an uptick in those students as well uh, most of the georgia perimeter or actually all of the georgia perimeter transfers are advised in our office so i can get a pretty good handle of you know the ebb and flow from that uh, particular base and we have seen an uptick yeah. And those. So I think the more that they 
publicized that we're back or we're available, we'll see that number grow as well. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting because when that merger happened, obviously Georgia State considered all of those students to be theirs, right? But they weren't actually offering the degree right. in the same format that these students started in, and so right. I think that's a great partnership again, where I agree. Uh, once they recognize the the uh, I guess the, the gap. Right. There's yes. been enough time that's passed that they haven't put anything in place. So yeah. I, they see us as an, a, a good alternative for their students. So it's it's a positive relationship, and we're looking forward to going back and going back. grabbing those students. That's right. That's right. Well, very good. We're going to talk a little bit more about online education. Uh, let me get through a couple of these uh, things coming up on campus that I, I know people are uh, interested in. Next Friday is uh, History Day. If you're interested in helping uh, Dr. Kutzler with some of his uh, History Day activities, I'm sure he would be very happy uh, to, to do that for you and uh, take as many volunteers as we can get. And then next Saturday, so we got Friday is History Day. Next Saturday is the Junior Math Tournament. Uh, Dr. Gug, Chadwick Gug, is uh, putting that together. And I know, I have no doubt that they need volunteers. Uh, thousands of young um, students come here on that Saturday to be a part of the math, the Junior Math Tournament. So I think this is probably seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, seven, you know, less than high school and uh, their parents come, it's a big crowd, so uh, lots of volunteers are needed. So if you're gonna be around next Saturday and uh, can help, I'm sure Dr. Gug would appreciate the, uh, the help. Coming up tomorrow, uh, teacher career fair in the, uh, I think it's gonna be in the intramural gym or over in the Storm Dome, one of the two. And uh, so all of the teachers out there are soon to be teachers that would like a job. I'm sure there'll be lots of school districts here trying to meet our graduates. And, they are, and we all know that our graduates do very, very well when they get into the classroom. And these school districts know that as well, too. So uh, last time I went over there, I, if I remember right, there were like 36 or 37 different school districts here uh, looking for our students. And so uh, anybody that's still looking for a job for next fall, uh, that would be a good thing to do. Bring your resume and a smile and make sure you're ready to talk to some folks about job opportunities. Coming up, a, I guess a week after spring break, uh, fall class registration will begin March 30th. So students that are planning to be back with us next fall, I'm assuming everybody that's not graduating will be back with us next fall. They can start taking uh, a look at what will be available and what classes they need to uh, to enroll in and so those are things uh, coming up over the uh, next week and uh, we're certainly looking forward to uh, having history day and the junior math tournament on campus those are always really good events so um, all right so let's talk a, a little bit about online education i uh, graduated long before online education existed um, and so I never took an online course and for somebody like me it's hard it's hard to appreciate uh, the, the, the format it's hard to uh, it, I've had to be convinced that it's a good format for learning all right many of us believe that sitting in class and talking to each other is the only way to learn and we've learned over time that that's not necessarily the case 
And so uh, tell us about uh, what you think the the online education world is all about and uh, how it works and what some of the benefits or challenges of the format are. Well, I think we've seen the negative and the positive because we started, I think it was somewhere around 2004, maybe 2005, we started offering online courses from the School of Business in the management degree. And that's when I came on board, and uh, which is actually how we ended up with a Dublin office. And we, over the years, I mean, there were very few classes that were offered, but we tried to mirror what was happening on campus. But at that time, it was almost impossible. The infrastructure wasn't there um, to support technology and so forth. So it took several years and many tries to, um, I think it was somewhere around 2014, 2012, 2014, when we felt that we had a good grasp on what we were doing and we brought all of the management classes in and a good bit of the accounting courses and we just started building from there and we moved we we have a dedicated office office so we handle all of our students in one place and started really focusing on quality because now we had the the quantity of the courses but we want the quality Uh, of the education and so we started putting things into practice for making sure that the student that actually registered for the course was a student that was taking the course (laughs) Um, so we started using proctored exams on different locations Um, we made sure that we were using discussion boards so that there was actually conversation going on in class Uh, we, we tried to use videos at that point but still it was a little early at that stage but we were trying and around 2016 is when we were approached by a major and they it's a university system sponsored program and they were looking for a school that would fit their philosophy of online education for the BBA degree and it was a perfect merger between us and an e-major so we decided to partner we're a single institution which is Um, There's only one or two of us that are single institutions, which means that we have complete control of the program. So it's our faculty, it's our content, it's our classroom, and they support us in those efforts. And it's been a fantastic partnership. We started in 2017 and we added our other two majors, HR and marketing, and we've seen nothing but growth. So at this point, we've really Uh, drilled down in our classrooms so we're watching our learning objectives to make sure that the students are meeting those objectives Uh, we are proctoring almost every exam that they take uh, through a proctoring service that's actually watching them and checking IDs and so forth we have uh, embedded technology in the classroom we the instructors video their their lectures or they do a snippet conversation which I actually advocate the five-minute snippet versus the complete lecture and you know because you lose interest it's hard to watch a video for that long and myself I've been known to (laughs) record a video while I'm folding laundry because the student asks a question you want to answer it they don't care they don't care what you're doing as long as you answer their question and they're probably folding laundry while they're watching (laughs) the video so it works Um, what you have to your mindset has to change a little because the online student is a non-traditional student. 
they're older than 24 normally. They may have a family. They're working full-time or part-time at least. They're trying to um, advance in a career, maybe not get a career, but advance. Mm-hmm. Um, they are usually paying their own way. And so they are not taking the course in a traditional time frame. Right. They're online at 1, 2, 3 a.m., so when they see you pop on at 1, 2, or 3 a.m., they're excited because they get to ask you a question. So just pick up your video and, and answer it. It's so much more personable if you talk on video than it is if you're typing out the answer. There's no way to misunderstand that. Yeah. And the students love it. And I think that's what sets us apart because we do take a personalized approach in our classroom while ensuring that we're meeting all those standards. Um, and so we can... Be sure that when a student graduates from our program or actually passes the class that they we can safely say they've learned what they supposed to learn what they're supposed yeah. to learn so I think the students from what we have and we are polling our students so and, and we if the student has to withdraw we're looking at why they're withdrawing and it's it's usually not because there's a problem with the class right. their work got in the way right. or a family situation but the the reaction to the courses are positive. So I feel like we're serving that population. And the courses have changed over the years, as you mentioned. Yes. I mean, when we started in 2004, uh, the technology was different. Correct. Right? So now we're up to streaming. You know, I can stream an entire yes. movie on my iPad uh, just about anywhere that I can get Wi-Fi. Right. And so the ability to uh, watch a, a lecture or to be engaged in a conversation is a whole lot different than what it was when we started online education. Right. That was basically just chat rooms, uh, probably the best we had at that time. And so as technology's improved, I think uh, obviously the quality has improved. And those of us who haven't been in it over the years, you know, still remember that first iteration and wonder, oh, is that really helpful, right? But in today's world, uh, that's not really what's happening anymore. It's, it's transitioned uh, over the years as technology and our experience with it has improved as well. I remember those days very well. Because mm. um, before I, I started at GSW, I started an online program somewhere else. And the difference between that school and this school, it's, it was just what technology do you have available to, to carry out the course yeah. makes all the difference in the um, the way the student's going to be able to interact. In the and what course. technology does the student have? Correct. What what do they have access to? Absolutely. Right? I mean, if they're not here with us, and the university can have great technology. That's right. But if they're at home and they don't have Wi-Fi or they don't have the, the bandwidth or whatever, That's correct. Uh, then they can't participate the same way that you'd want. That's so right. as that technology has continued to ripple out and more and more people have access, uh, it's allowed. It's allowed both directions of that's the correct. information to really be uh, enhanced, and and that's what people I think need to understand is that uh, just like anything in this world, when you start doing something, you learn what works, you learn what doesn't work, you improve it, you uh, take advantage of new technologies, new uh, things that make it even better, and you just keep developing it. And so I think when people form an opinion of something uh, early on. They, they, they've decided that's good or it's no good and maybe haven't followed the trajectory of it over time. And now, um, you know, we see students that are uh, uh, 
what I would say, you, know, you, you identified students in the online format, and I think you're absolutely right in the, in when you look at the totality. But there are a lot of what we'd call traditional age students that take courses in the online format for a variety of reasons, uh, but it's a part of their mix. Right. They take two two face to face courses and one online, and and uh, that's just the way they do it nowadays. And for them, it's normal, normal behavior, um, and they function in that world pretty easily. And uh, I know that, you know, I, I tell myself, uh, I've said this to students before that you know if I would have been in an online class, I wouldn't be wouldn't have been wouldn't have done very well. They all say, well, you didn't do very well in any of your courses, and I say <laughs> I get that. But uh, the idea that I needed that going to class every day, right? Or you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever it was. At 10 o'clock, I needed to show up, and I better have my assignment done. And you know, that was important for me. And uh, and, you, and the, the the mindset I think of some of us who've never done this is that in the online world that doesn't exist. But that's not true. They do have times when they have to be there, and they do a video uh, with their teacher and. Uh, they have to turn in assignments by a certain time. And so there are benchmarks along the way now that we, maybe we didn't have when we started. Right. And there's a built-in calendar that all professors post everything up front so they know when things are due, so they have to budget their time around that. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't have synchronous communication in the majority of our classes. Uh, it's something that the teacher and the student would work out. Mm -hmm. But they do have set deadlines that they have to meet that keeps them focused but still it's not for everyone you know no. it's it's easy to get distracted it's easy to take on too many courses and lose control so one thing that we have developed and we're using now that we didn't before we have a um, student assessment that we encourage we don't require we encourage the students to take prior to enrolling the first time and it will gauge their fitness for an online environment. Oh, right. So they great. can make an informed decision, can I do this or yeah. should I go to class? Yeah. And hopefully that's making a difference in helping them be more successful and save money um, in the long run that's and for complete sure. the program. Yeah, we don't want, we'd say that all the time, no matter what format you're taking it in, Just, students that, that go to halfway and then don't finish. That's the worst possible outcome. Right. They've got all the expense, and sometimes right. they have debt uh, without the degree, and that is the absolute worst outcome for, for us and for them. And so uh, we want to stop that from happening. Absolutely true. Uh, i got a couple more questions for you, but let me run through a couple of other things that I uh, want to make sure we get uh, on the podcast today. First of all, I want to thank everybody who helped with the GISA uh, basketball tournament. Uh, last week, we've hosted quite a few GISA uh, events this in February. We hosted the state wrestling tournament. We hosted the GISA regional basketball tournament and then the state basketball tournament. And, and uh, we had a, a bunch of our student athletes and the coaches and uh, people from all over campus uh, working and helping. And, and I know that takes up some space in the storm dome and we have to lock some doors that we don't like to lock. And all that kind of stuff, but uh, what a great event for campus! It was uh, real positive for our community, and a lot of lot of people, a lot of potential students got to see our campus, got to see uh, what makes this place special, and so we really, really appreciate all of that uh, work and, and time. It's uh, if you have to sit through basketball games from Wednesday at 
noon until Saturday night at uh, you know 10:30. That's a lot of sitting in a gym, uh, watching people that you don't know play basketball. And so we appreciate <laughs> all of those folks that made that happen. Want to recognize and uh, congratulate Joy Humphrey, Michelle Dykes, and Teresa Teasley, all in our uh, part of our nursing faculty they had uh, had did some uh, presentations at the conference in washington dc it's always great when our faculty are uh, recognized and have those opportunities to uh, get out and uh, be a part of the academic uh, world and and showcase what they do and uh, what our university does and so congratulations to those ladies a um, couple things i wanted to uh, just bring up, I saw a note today, and since it's a beautiful sunny day, I thought this made sense. A new study from Cornell University finds that when students spend as little as 10 minutes a day outdoors in a natural setting, they feel happier and less stressed, both physically and mentally. So uh, students 15 to 30 years old when they spent 10 to 50 minutes out in the natural world, their mood and focus improved. So, remind your students to get outside and uh, enjoy campus and exercise a little, get their blood going. Uh, we tell them that every time we uh, see them and every time we get them here on campus to uh, take advantage of what's here. But it's uh, just, uh, as spring gets here, it's nice to get outside and everybody wants to, so uh, don't, don't, uh, don't get them to stop doing that. We want them to do that. Uh, daylight Savings is coming up, I think, Sunday. It's uh, spring forward, so we'll move our clocks forward. I found the, um, the debate as to whether or not we should have Daylight Savings time. It's continuing to grow. I think more and more states have uh, eliminated it. I think Florida this year is right. stopping the Daylight Savings. Um, so interesting debate i kind of it would be in favor of uh stopping the switching of the clock i just want it to stay light more often exactly and some people are arguing and mostly smart doctors and psychologists and people that have a better <laughs> argument than i do uh, are saying that we should actually not spring forward because it messes with our uh, rhythms and uh, but I just like it when it stays light till 8.30, 9 o'clock at night and uh, you get off work and you still have things you can get done. You can still go out and get in the yard and do those kind of things. And so I don't know where Georgia might come down on the debate, but uh, I find it an interesting um, debate. And I, and I was really surprised that daylight savings time didn't always exist. I, I, it was a factor of the, the war, I guess one of the world wars, and went away for a little while and then came back a little bit later. So it, it hasn't been an all-time thing. I thought it had to do with farming, and farmers wanted more sunlight to get their crops in. But I was completely wrong. I was and, too, and I was reading that today. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, everything I thought I knew, I, uh, I don't. And, there you go. And, so, uh, and then the other, the other one is Leap Day. I didn't realize that uh, Leap Day was a debate, but apparently there's a debate as to whether or not we should have Leap Day, which we just had uh, last week. But there's an argument to be made for a, a new calendar that would eliminate Leap Day and create um, even, every month would have the same number of days, 
and you're and so the the down I guess I say I'd say this is a downside but uh, your birthday would be on the same day of the year of the week every year because uh, every day would be the same every number would be the same every month every year so um, I, I think that I don't know I kind of like having the dates bounce around right what it's, would happen to the People yeah. that were born on the leap, leap year day? day. Yeah, I know that's a good question. <laughs> but I think the calendar, I think every month, I think every month would be like 30 days. And so February would be the same as every month and they'd separ- they'd take away a day from a few, okay. I, don't, I haven't actually seen it. I just know it's a debate. And so uh, between daylight savings and leap day, I'm very confused as to what time and what day of the year it is. <laughs> but uh, as Christy might tell you, I'm confused about a lot of things in this world and and uh, this is just adding to my troubles. Uh, a couple things coming up. Uh, one more event coming up, Taste of the World, which is uh, put on every year by the International Student Association is April 1st. That is not an April Fool's Day joke. That is true. Taste of the World will be April 1st. And that's a great event, a lot of fun. I know a lot of people like to go and enjoy um, all the different uh, dishes from around the, uh, the world. And we're appreciate this International Student Association for making that happen. Uh, For those that are curious, the bookstore RFP request for proposal is out for bid. And so we are uh, institutionally trying to uh, outsource our bookstore so that uh, we can take advantage of the uh, scale of some of these private providers, much like we outsource our food service. Uh, we, we believe that in the best interest of the university and our students and all of us who are customers of the bookstore, outsourcing that will be a, a good thing for us. So that is out for bid. We should know sometime uh, in April as to what the bids were and, if, and who we'll be moving forward with. Uh, coronavirus, I know that's a big topic of discussion around uh, the country right now. We have a meeting next week set up for the, um, what is it, the Crisis Emergency Response Team, CERT team here on campus. We'll be uh, discussing some of our uh, uh, responses here on campus, making sure we have a good idea of what's uh, happening here in Georgia and how that might impact our students and our employees as we uh, think about uh, this growing uh, outbreak, certainly here in the United States. And uh, students will have an opportunity to discuss the coronavirus and get some information about uh, things they can do here on campus Monday at 4 o'clock in uh, Wheatley Administration Building here in this building in room 127. It's Monday at 4 o'clock if you're interested in uh, learning more about what we know and uh, our advice as to how to protect yourself. And of course, this is, I think, really important information as we uh, next week will be the last week before spring break. And when spring break happens, lots of travel, people will be uh, leaving campus and mixing with uh, different people. Uh, going to different parts of the country and so as a campus I want us to be prepared uh, for when everybody comes back to campus because uh, we'll obviously be having people come back from a lot of different places and uh, we'll want to be as prepared as we can and so we have two uh, meetings coming up next week uh, to talk about that so uh, we are keeping our eye on it and wanted everybody to know that that will be uh, a part of our discussions okay uh, we got a, we got a few minutes left, uh, Shannon. I want to want to go back to uh, online 
education. Let's think about it from the faculty member's perspective. Uh, obviously, there are people that are really good at teaching in the online format. Uh, what, what, what would you say makes for a really good online instructor? What, what is it that makes them good in that format? I think as long as you stay in touch with the student, it makes the difference. No matter what you, what assignment you provide, no matter what lecture you give, as long as you are communicating with your with your student, to let them know that you're there, you're you're there for them to ask questions, um, and you're not forgetting that you have a course. Um, you have to treat it just like you treat a campus-based course. You go to campus for two days a week, so you need to check in at least two days a week on your online section so the students know you're there. Uh, they value that more than anything else in the class. So as long as they can find you and ask you questions, then they feel like they are getting what they paid for. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the most important thing. And, and we try to stress that with our faculty, and, and we do um, faculty training. Um, we train them on the technology. Jonathan trains them on the technology. Um, we do onboarding processes with our new faculty. So they're familiar with the learning management system. And then the e-major team also uh, reaches out to the new faculty and answers any questions they have. And we're also embedded in the courses. So if there's any problems, uh, Jonathan or I can um, fix it really easy with uh, really seamlessly. So the instructor usually doesn't even know that there was a problem, you know, misspelled words or, or a due date was wrong or something like that. We can fix it. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's the number one thing is just to stay in touch with your student and let them know that you're there yeah. and you're responsive. That's good. The, uh, a couple, couple of graduations ago, we had a young lady who came uh, to, to walk in commencement and she had never been on campus before uh, and lived in San Diego, I think. And uh, I'm curious, as you get to know these students, uh, you know, where, I mean, do they really come from uh, all over the country? They really do. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's fascinating where, they're, where they come from. And it's, you know, because we are advertising on Facebook and Google searches, and they can find us anywhere. And I think you've got analytics for the, the ways they're finding out about us. Um, but yeah, we have international students. We have, um, there's several from New York right now, Washington um, State. Yeah. That, so yeah, they, um, what's that? China. In China, yes. Yeah. So they are coming from everywhere. And they, they, the number one question that we hear from our, in our office, they, we have an information form. So they, they fill it out and they tell us you know, what they're looking for, and then we contact them, and they want to know, are you accredited? And that's, okay. the, that's the number one thing they ask, and so we're really proud to be able to say, we have the same accreditation on campus and online, and it's right in line with everyone else. And the, yeah. I think it's the top 10%. Absolutely, AACSB accreditation is uh, very, uh, it, it, it's not easy to get, that's not right. easy to keep and uh, not many schools have it and so we're certainly proud of that so we're affordable we're accredited and our faculty is responsive so now we've been and you mentioned we've been recognized i mean we're <laughs> recognized as one of the top 50 most affordable mba programs we're right. recognized as the as best online colleges mm -hmm. uh, and i think that's in uh, hr and in uh is it accounting or accounting has and 
I think all four have been at one time. At one time Mm -hmm. or another. So, you know, that's being, that's really amazing to be recognized when you think of these courses are national in scope because of where they're able to recruit. And so getting those kind of recognitions, I'm sure, helps uh, students find us. And uh, so a student that, say, lives in Washington State, they come in and, and want to be in our online program. Do they pay out-of-state tuition? Do what, what, what's their cost factor as a part the of how they do The same as this? everyone else. So with the e-major tuition rate, it's $199 tuition rate per credit hour, and they would pay the technology fee. Is it 65 now? Yeah. 65. And then the institutional fee based on the number of credit hours they're taking. So it doesn't matter where they live they're going to pay the same rate. same rate there's not an online out of state that's correct fee. <laughs> that's correct they do ask that yeah but there is not one okay. no. well there i know there's been a lot of discussion system-wide there's been some uh, uh debate over the cost of our online programs and they've actually come down that's right. uh, in the last couple of years as they've tried to uh equalize those courses in the online format with those in the uh, face-to-face format and so uh, all of all of our Georgia schools have been going through that process but it's uh, it does get confusing if you had to start figuring out who's in state who's out of state uh, it, it would be crazy now a couple of years ago we had a we had an issue uh, where if you were offering classes outside of your state you had to have reciprocal agreements with uh, states all across the country right. is that still a, a hotly debated topic? I actually am not familiar. I, I mm-hmm. don't know where that landed. I don't believe so. Yeah. I know Brian Davis, Dr. Davis, was working on that yeah. um, to make sure that we had those agreements in place. But I don't know where we landed that on that was, recently. I thought that was an interesting debate that uh, kind of took higher education, uh, kind of caught us off guard. That certain states would say you can't teach our students in right. your online format because they're our students right. and uh, and so then you had to work out these agreements and I, I, I don't know if that still exists or not it was kind of a funny uh, debate about uh, it's kind of like a online uh, purchasing you know online commerce you know I want we right. want the sales tax uh, even though you know so the person that bought it's in Kansas but it came from Georgia and so who gets the taxes that was always an interesting debate probably still is a debate but uh, anyway that's uh, that's for another day on the uh, what's in the cup podcast and uh, we're uh, glad we're getting closer to spring break looking forward to the last week of classes next week and uh, I've talked to quite a few students in the last few days that uh, some of them have quite a few midterms coming up uh, the week before uh, spring break and I and I thought well that's probably not very good but they seem very excited about that they wanted to get those tests taken and out of the way so that they could enjoy their spring break I've talked to a few who said oh mine are the week when we come back and so they're uh, a little frustrated they have to spend their spring break uh, studying and then I had a few who said my online class doesn't care they don't take spring break and so we're just you know I got assignments due whenever they're due and so uh, it's quite a mix of students out there but uh, I know I'm looking forward to spring break and uh, campus is going to start really uh, looking like spring we've had plenty of rain Everything should be watered, and uh, I would assume the azalea bushes will stop, start popping out pretty quick, and uh, magnolia trees, and uh, it'll be a beautiful place to be. So I uh, hope everybody enjoys the weekend, and uh, I think our softball team is on campus this weekend. Their game today got canceled or moved to tomorrow, so if you're in town and looking for something to do on the weekend, come out and watch 
the Hurricanes and our softball ladies are doing a great job having a good season. So I want to thank Shannon uh, for coming in today and talking with us about online uh, education. It's a really big part of what happens here at uh, Georgia Southwestern. As we mentioned, about 700 of our 3,000 students are fully online, and then there's a, a, another group that take some online as a mix of their so certainly you would expect to a third or more of our students probably up to closer to half are involved in online education in some form or fashion and so uh, we appreciate the work we appreciate the constant development uh, of the format uh, format and uh, making sure that we stay at the top of the game and uh, being recognized as you mentioned as the uh, single source for the online Bachelor of Business Administration degree throughout the state of Georgia is quite a, a feather in our cap and something we're very proud of and so we appreciate uh, that you've developed that program for the university and we thank you very much for doing that well thank you for having me today to talk and about this it's a lot of fun and uh, we uh, we want to help all our students no matter how we serve them so uh, Jonathan appreciate you being here with us today and uh, getting us out on the uh, airwaves or the I don't know what we would call it the the interwebs of the world and uh, we'll en we hope everybody enjoys the what's in the cup podcast we'll be back next week with our spring break version so see you then <laughs>